Fight Owl Nation, you are now listening to the Owl Chat Podcast, your one-stop shop for everything Kennesaw State Athletics, with your hosts, Kai Millette and John Finer. And welcome back to the Owl Chat Podcast. It's midweek time once again, and I am back after my brief uh, stint on the DL, because we're going to call it that on the Owl Chat Podcast. But I am joined here in studio, as always, uh, by my co-host and partner, Mr. John Finer, producer Nick, and social media guy, Tim. Uh, John, how are we doing today? Oh, man, I'm I'm ready to get started. We got tons of... No, it's, it was a quiet holiday. We have a little bit of stuff, but we have an excellent uh, you know talk with uh, Alex Peterson, former Owls uh, forward slash center coming up for you guys. A lot of basketball talk. You don't want to miss it. Yeah, um, stick around for that. Uh, Before we get into all that, we just got a few news and notes just around the uh, world of Kennesaw State Athletics. Um, So I'll go ahead and start. Not much golf, track, tennis news. Um, That's all been stagnant. Uh, But we still don't have a soccer coach. We promised you all that we would keep you guys updated. Um, And still no news um, out of that world. But uh, we will stay on top of it. Yeah, and I've got some ba- uh, women's basketball news. Uh, Lily Willis, uh, starting point guard, has announced surgery on Instagram. Uh, she hasn't played since she hurt her leg earlier in the season. Uh, I think if you guys remember, I talked about it. She came to a jump stop or whatnot and then just went down awkwardly. Um, so I'm assuming she's done for the season. I'm also assuming it's a serious injury. Um, so the women's basketball team also lost a home game to uh, Georgetown last week. So we could not win two big East games in a row. Uh, Princess Harden finished with another double double, but only shot four or 15. Uh, Morgan Dillard, no relation to the department store. And Trinise Taylor finished in double digit scoring. Um, unfortunately, uh, the Owls assist turnover number was poor at minus eight and only 15 of 28 from the free throw line and shot 38.5% overall. So, you know, those numbers do not equal success. Um, The Owls only attempted three three three-point shots and didn't make any. And this was the second time this season where we did not hit a three-pointer in a game. Uh, KSU did out-rebound Georgetown by nine, forced them into shooting 34.5%. There's a lot to like about this team, and there's a lot that's worrisome. Uh, I caught the last three quarters of the game, by the way. And I said this on Twitter, I'll say it again now, I feel that the team is playing better as a whole than their individual parts would suggest. Uh, Princess Harden has been the go-to player, the most efficient player for most of the game. She had an off night against Georgetown, but she seems to be their on-court leader in terms of production as well as, you know, just an on-court leader by her presence. Um, I also like the pressure defense from Coach Blue, you know, putting people in and out of the lineup, speeding up opposing teams, using our athleticism in our favor, uh, mixing up the defenses. Uh, I, I kind of feel that teams without a true point guard and teams without any shooting, such as Georgetown, we can really make them uh, you know, struggle. And we kind of did that. Uh, Georgetown had a bigger guard as their point guard, not really a great passer, not a tremendously quick person getting the ball up the court that we could trap there. And they didn't have any shooting. Their top three-point shooters, like 28.6%. So, you know, we we kind of played against them. And I thought the coaches did a tremendous job and only almost stole a win versus, you know, a top 100, 115-ish type team. Um, so, you know, I don't know. If, did you catch any of that, Kai? I did not. And honestly, uh, I know it's late news now, but I was really disappointed. I couldn't make it on to talk about the uh, the Providence game because that was a pretty crazy result. 
Um, but just as a whole, uh, I think we were all super pessimistic not that long ago and uh, probably are in better moods about the state of the women's program now. Um, they're about to tip off against Mercer while we're recording. So um, when this goes up, that will be finished. But um, ready to get into conference play with these girls. Yeah, and I think we can do just fine. Based on what I've seen, I think we can do just fine in conference play. And I, I try to call it as I see it as much as possible, you know, without being too much of a homer. I, I do think we can even finish with a winning record in conference based on what I've seen these last two games. Um, I just, you know, teams that, like I said, I think teams that can shoot the ball from the outside and kind of force us so we can't just bog down the paint and, you know, teams that can't handle the ball and we can, you know, get easy transition buckets, teams that can counteract that might give us more trouble. Um, you know, the, the litmus test in the a sun for the past over the past decade is Florida Gulf coast. They're just a machine. They always have shooters. They have ball handlers, you know, that is the test. And, you know, I, I I feel like in this day and age in 2024, we need to be able to hit three pointers consistently to win. And, you know, the most threes that we've hit in a game is five this year. So that's really something I'll keep an eye on. Maybe you feel differently, Kai. Uh, Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And I think if we find a way to post a winning record in conference, that would be an overwhelming success this year, considering, you know, what we lost. Um, but, you know, we'll see. It's a long season. feels like things are just now getting started. We talk about how uh, misleading non-con can be for the men's side. I think for the women's side, it's even more dramatic. Um, so, you know, I'm not saying we're going to go win the conference or anything, but I think we all feel a lot better than we did um, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I think we'll be competitive. Do I think we can beat Florida Gulf Coast? Which is kind of like, for those of you who don't follow, you know, women, you know, A-Sun women's basketball, they're like, ranked some years they're that good they're you know usually a top 40 top 50 team at worst they they bring in a few transfers each year they can their coach can coach the hell out of them they're a machine so that's really you know if you can't beat florida gulf coast you know it's like thanks for playing here's the consolation prize so that and i think next year in conference usa i think middle tennessee state's usually pretty good and the overall competition is going to get tougher so while i think we can get a bunch of wins this year in conference you know we need to think about the future and can we get those same amount of wins are we are we upping our level to be able to compete in conference USA? Yeah. Yeah. That's all I got on the women's team. I know you got some football news. Yeah, actually, um, you know, a quick correction I want to put out there. I mentioned previously, we'd have some signing day uh, content with coach Nick in January upon further thought review of all the signing schedules and all that, you know, I think it's, you know, we're going to put that off um, until there's less stuff to talk about, you know, perhaps until basketball's finishing up and, you know, there's, there's a lag in the summer, that kind of thing, because there is a February signing class and we want to be able to make sure we have everybody to talk about and have all of our ducks in a row. So we'll get that to you guys definitely, uh, you know, sometime uh, at latest, probably early summer. Um, also, we have some uh, news we mentioned last week on the midweek that uh, defensive coordinator Nathan Burton was going to Troy via the report on football scoop. Uh, since then, Coach Burton has erased his uh, KSU from his Twitter bio, uh, which basically means he's as good as gone. You can bet the house on it take it to the bank. Um, you know, I think because the assistant coaches left before coach Burton conventional wisdom tells me that they will probably be announced before the DC hire, which is kind of a little bit backwards from what you'd ideally want. Uh, but you know, I'm hoping we get some, you know, hires there real soon. And because of, you know, where we are money wise, I would expect it to be perhaps FCS or, you know, D2 type of, uh, hires. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no. We'll see. Uh, hopefully we get that filled up quickly because, you know, I 
I want to finish in the top 150 in recruiting this year. Um, and currently I think we sit at 164 um, and not having a DC uh, is, is not good. <laughs> not good when you're trying to recruit kids. So you're right about that, especially on that side of the ball. So um, I'm, I'm just at this point, I'm just glad we have an OC. My God, thank, that would be an absolute disaster if Klinakis for some reason left. Um, some qu- few quick offers. KSU has offered defensive lineman Grant Hessler of Santa Barbara City College in California. He lists offers from UNC Charlotte, uh, Louisiana Tech, uh, Samford, and more. Uh, Kennesaw State has also given a preferred walk-on offer to Georgia Southern transfer kicker Britton Williams. Uh, Williams has a big leg. He even posted a video of himself in warm-ups hitting from, you know, 60-plus he apparently did not win the kicking job this past season at Georgia Southern, is looking for new opportunities. Uh, two years of eligibility uh, remaining. So uh, do you have anything uh, on the men's basketball side? I know you wanted to preview Queens a little bit with the game coming up here on Saturday. Yes, the sir. Conference First, opener. Yep, conference opener. We get a three-game homestand to open up uh, conference play, and we start with Queens, um, who people are going to remember from last year. Uh, they gave us hell um in a couple of games in the tournament and uh, i think our only home loss on the season um so definitely not a team to look over uh they play a tough schedule they've lost a couple of bye games they're uh they had a rough month i think they went like two and five with the two wins being um naia victories but they also played at duke and at clemson like not a whole lot you can ask for um but they return uh aj mckee who had a couple of really good games against us last year he's a good player um, and then they added a transfer, uh, Dayton Albury from a D2 school, and he's putting up 16 and five and four for them right now. So um, nothing to sneeze at. They're, uh, they play small ball still. I think their tallest player last year was like six, seven, six, eight. Um, and they're a well-coached team. They play together well. Um, we get them at home, but it's before kids are back in school. So I don't know what the atmosphere is going to look like. Nick, I think the band's going to be there. You're, you can definitely confirm that for me. Yeah. So we got the bands in the stands. So um yeah i'm gonna go ahead and predict the win uh i do think we're still a tier above them in conference and since we get them at home uh, i like our chances a lot but yeah that's all i got on queens um we sat down with alex peterson former uh owls big um to talk about the conference schedule and more so here that is for you guys dogwood golf club is a truly unique hybrid golf club conveniently located near smyrna vinings and marietta the course is hybrid because they offer membership and daily fee play Their championship course is challenging for all levels of golfers and is frequently used for practice by some golf teams from a local university. Dogwood is a longtime supporter of all things Kennesaw. Be sure to visit their website at dogwoodgolfclub.com. Dogwood Golf Club, an official sponsor of the Owl Chat Podcast. And we are joined once again by good friend of the show and former Owls forward, Mr. Alex Peterson. Alex, thank you so much for joining us today, man. No problem, Kai. Glad to get back on. Yes, that's Alex Peterson, uh, former Owls forward and undersized center. Uh, I don't <laughs> want to uh, slight him at all. No, but uh, I got a couple quick questions for you. Um, mm-hmm. So how does it feel, Alex, to be a fan? And, you know, looking on from the outside, I'm sure you know a whole bunch of the guys on the team, probably way more than half of the team, at least personally. How's it? How's life on the outside? Um, it's been fun. Um, I've actually been very happy watching, um, you know, the guys that I do know and even the guys that I don't know, um, the way they've been playing and the way everything looks and uh, the atmosphere over there, just to see that um, now is, is fun to watch as a fan. Um, I haven't been to, I think I've only made it to one game. Um, I'll probably be at a, 
a couple more conference games. I know they they weren't home like that during non-conference, so I'll probably make a couple uh, non-conference uh, games. But um, it's been fun, man. I've been enjoying watching, uh, watching from the TV. Um, you know, just seeing how everything is playing out for them. So, how are you I'm enjoying, enjoying uh, getting to know uh, visiting announcers that can't pronounce anybody's name? You you enjoying that end of the spectrum? That's our <laughs> end over here. Yeah, I wasn't used to that, but uh, they definitely butchered a few names, and I'm like, it doesn't even sound remotely close to that. So I don't know how they got that, but it's been funny too because I'm like, it, it was one I, I forget what game it was that I was watching, but I think they they pronounced uh, Q's last name something crazy. I'm like, how did you get that? Like, it's, it's like five variations of something. It's like I think my favorite was like Adam A. Coco. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's been it's been great. We we chopped it up here on the podcast about that after they did it, so it's been fun. But I was about to actually ask you if you attended any games and whatnot. Uh, which one did you go to? Um, I went to the home opener uh, where they unveiled the banner. Um, I That's believe right. that was yeah, I believe that was the first the first game of the year. Um, I was supposed to make it to the Georgia state game um, schedules didn't line up for that either. I had some things come up um, with that, but um, I'm, I'm looking to make either uh, their first conference game this Saturday or the, the one following that. Yeah, definitely. I think queen, isn't it uh, like alumni day or something on Saturday? So this would probably be a pretty good one to, you know, go to. So just yeah. throwing that out there. For sure. For sure. You know, I think Nick is uh, confirming that that might be the case. Aaron is going to be there too. So um, we'll have a couple representatives from the podcast, but um, let's talk basketball and uh, let's mm-hmm. talk play style specifically, um, Alex. So um, things look completely different now um, offensively and defensively than they did under Amir. Uh, mm-hmm. I just want to get your take. What do you see? What do you like? What do you not like? And uh, how do you think you would have fit into this current system? Um, with, with the way they play now, I think, man, it's, it's, it's fun. Um, I think you can, you can kind of watch, you can see it when they, when you watch them, they, so it's like free flowing, you know what I'm saying? They get so many possessions in and they just push the ball. It's it's fun playing like that. You know what I mean? Um, you know, it's that that space, that that confidence that it gives you to just, you know, get out transition, run, open floor, um, and everything like that. Um, I don't think that there's anything that I, I don't necessarily like about it. I think that, you know, their play style, it it works for them, obviously. Um, um, and I think that uh as long as they stick to the way that they play. Um, and the way that, you know, everything's being coached to them, I think everything will be fine. Like I said, um, you know, I think, like I said, it looks fun um, getting up and down like that. And then the shots that they get, you know, just based off of how how fast they put the ball to the court, I think it, 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 it leaves a lot of excitement out there for the fans and just for the team itself, a lot of energy building plays, you know, things like, you know, maybe a transition dunk or, um, you know, just a, a great, great, great ball movement and things like that. So I think it's fun. It's interesting to watch. And piggybacking off of, of Kai, uh, how do you think you'd fit in the system in terms of, you know, uh, I know you're not really a, uh, you know, a three-point shooter, but you mm-hmm. think that's something that you would have liked to work on and develop in the offseason, seeing that Petway was hired and, you know, go in there and launch? Or do you think like, hey, man, that's not my game you know, maybe this isn't for me, honestly, or you just want to be like, Hey, this looks fun. I'm going to do it. Um, it definitely looks fun. Like I said, uh, as a player, that's kind of the way you, you want to play, you know, um, just getting up and down playing and just like, it, it's fun. You know, it, it takes the, the thinking out of it a little bit. And, you know, I, I know that like watching them, they do have 
um, certain sets. But like, man, if we can get, if we can score early. We can score early. Um, I think I would have fit perfectly um, into their system, um, just being able to, um, in my position, run the floor well um, and learn that knowing how to play off of guard as well, um, just being able to be unselfish um, and getting out like, hey, if I sprint the floor hard here, he might that might pull the big down. We get an open shot backside corner or something like that. Or, you know, um, point guard just runs it right up there and um, just pushes it right behind me. We go up for a layup. They got to take one of us, so. Um, do you I think, think it would have been? I was gonna say, do you think you could have fit four threes in a row like Demond? <laughs> <laughs> what about Miss Twenty? Um, I, I, I don't, I don't think I, I'm, I'm maybe it depends on the night. Depends on the night. Uh, Did you have a three I, in your college career? I shot a couple, but I didn't make one. I shot what about in practice? Were you like the, you know, the Steve Kerr, the Steph Curry in practice, and just didn't put it up in the game, huh? No, I just never, I never shot them in practice. That's probably why they make it in game. Um, I didn't shoot him in practice like that. Um, I would shoot him in my own time. Um, you know, when I go to the gym on my own and work on my own things. But um, I, I will, I will say, I, I did shoot my sophomore year in college. I did shoot thirty, I think thirty-two percent from three um, as a sophomore. So I wasn't terrible. I think it was just like uh, just knowing uh, shot selection and where you fit into the scheme of things. Fair enough. Gotcha. And and there's a different three point line though, right? And where you played in community college versus D one when they just pushed it back, right? Um, no, I was the same. It was the same. Okay. Yeah, no, I was the same. So before the season, we uh, we talked about who was going to make the biggest jump on this team. I think as far as net production, that guy's been Simeon Cottle this year. You know, he went from mm. running like eight to ten minutes a game off the bench to now leading the team in scoring at almost seventeen points per game. Um, right. Just curious. Did you guys see that level of potential in him when you were playing with him last year, or is this kind of a surprise to y'all? Uh, it's not to me. It's not a surprise at all. I think, and I think if, uh, a lot of people on our team from last year would say that, like, man, he he that dude is so talented. Like, you know, with everything that he does, and he and he works. Like, you know, what I'm saying it's not just uh, a spirit of the moment type of thing, or it's just like, oh, it's just God given talent. Like, man, he really works on his game. So to see him doing the things that he's doing now, I think it's just that that moment of like opportunity for him you know what I mean like I think when you playing those type of minutes that he was playing last year not that it was a bad thing or anything but you know it's not a lot of room for okay this is what I can do here um and I think he even had moments last year where um you know he, he showed flashes like I think the Indiana game he was really good um and in a couple of a few other conference games but I think this year he's definitely made uh, a big leap is as far as you know what he's showing or what he's able to showcase and I think that's that's part of it you know what I'm saying like that opportunity to get to showcase hey I can do this too um or and just also with their with the way that they play and how everything flows I think it fits his game as well yeah you're absolutely right on Cotto I I thought the same thing um he really showed flashes and you know that's kind of you know, what you, what you're looking for, I always say like from a freshman, you want to see flashes. You might not see a ton, but like we're seeing flashes from RJ Johnson. We're seeing some flashes, especially early on from Frank Juan Sherman. We need mm -hmm. to be able to see some, you know, what's there. And we, de right. I definitely saw that from Simeon Cottle and, you know, in a world where Terrell Burden wasn't around, mm -hmm. Cottle probably averages 10 points a game last year and mm -hmm. is a starter. So, you know, mm -hmm. Yeah. So I do have to ask, um, did you expect the Cottle and Burden pairing when they're on the court together to look as good as it has? Because that's something um, that Amir really didn't experiment with at all last year. 
Um, I, I, I seen it. Um, I think Amir saw it. I think, you know, um, certain times, you know, I think he, like I said, I think he saw it. Um, I know I've seen it a lot. Um, just with the way that they can play off of each other. I think with the, the basketball knowledge that they have and just the abilities that they have and possess together with that on the floor, I don't, I don't think it's very, it's, it's, it's a long night for anybody with them two on the floor at the same time. You know what I mean? Like with TV speed and his ability to get downhill and, and Simi's like shooting and his ability to, to know how to play off of Terrell. Um, I think, I think, like I said, it's, it's definitely a special pairing and it's, it's a tough night for anybody with those two on the floor together. Sure. And uh, let's go off to somebody else, you know, uh, Quincy, uh, Adam, a Coco, uh, <laughs> Adam McCoy. Um, <laughs> So he, you know, we talk a lot about Quincy on the podcast, you know, week to week is kind of like a guy that's broken out this year, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we attribute it partially to, you know, Petway's offense and confidence in himself. You know, he's no longer, I guess, in, in young blood shadow, that kind of thing. Um, but he's definitely been a bigger part of the week to week and what we do. Um, right. What are your kind of thoughts on Quincy and his improvement? Um, man, I would just say it's the same thing as uh as Sim. Um, I think man, like that dude work on his game. Like I, that, like he works on his game, and he he's a grinder. He's dedicated, and I think that you know it just kind of goes back to just more opportunity and more understanding of okay, this is how I can fit into this role. I can you know I can do this. I can do that. Um, and then like you said, like I said, uh, like you were saying with the offense, um, with Pettway's offense, I think also too is just a lot more free flowing. So you get to build that confidence and you get to build that, like that game repetition as to where, okay, I can get my shots here. Okay. We push it in transition here. If I spot up here, it's a good shot for me. Um, also just him just being able to, um, just being, like I said, being confident and that comes through work. You know what I mean? I don't think, I think, uh, like the system, you know, the system definitely works for him, but I think it's uh, him, him and Simi's improvement in their breakout this year. Um, have been just testaments to their work and how much they work on their game. I'm dedicated they are. I agree there. And I got one more follow-up. So we've been talking about guys that you do know. How about mm-hmm. some guys that you, uh, you know, might not know? Um, mm-hmm. you know? What's kind of stood out to you from what you've seen from the freshmen and uh, or any of the transfers that you want to talk about, whether it's, you know, Jason Holt, Jamel King, uh, Ronji Gordon or whatnot? Um, I would say, man, they they fit. Um, they fit everything perfectly. You know, I think the freshmen, they do a good job. I think RJ Johnson, he's really good at, um, you know, just being a, a point guard. You know what I'm saying? I think when he, and then when he's getting downhill, he's so physical that it's hard to really stay in front of him. Um, as you said earlier, I think, uh, Sherman, I'm not sure of his first name. I, I remember, um, at the beginning of the year, he had some, some, some moments there where I was like, okay, yeah, he, he's going to be, he's going to be just fine. I still think he's going to be just fine. Um, I think, you know, guys like Ronji, uh, Ronji Gordon, I think he he plays hard, you know, he's physical, um, great defender, rebounds, runs the floor hard, everything like that. Um, yeah, it I kind think, of fills your role, I guess, so to speak. If you had to plug somebody that's sort of ish like Alex Peterson, probably the closest that we have on the team right now. Uh, kind of. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. I would agree. Yeah, he definitely does. Uh, like I said, uh, I think his presence has definitely been felt. Um, and in the later part of uh, the non-conference thing. And I think that'll also help them going into conference. Um, and then I think, uh, I, I think, was it the game before last where they got Holt back? I'm not yeah. sure. The yep. game before UNC, UNC Asheville, right? 
Yeah, I think uh, I think uh, with that addition as well, I think you know it, it it came at the perfect time for them to you know okay let's get this figured out before conference, and I think going into conference that'll also be a big a big help for them as well with uh, going back to back. Yeah, so shifting over to you know conference play, so no more mm-hmm. Liberty or Jacksonville State this year. I only bring up Jacksonville State because they gave you guys two pretty good games last year. Um, yeah. No one, both of them, so. It's okay, but uh, so y'all go 15 and three in conference last year um, with a few narrow wins. Obviously, there's a lot of uh, returning production around the conference um, yeah. outside of the teams that are not coming back. So I want to ask yeah. you, who gave you guys the toughest game, um, excluding the Liberties and the Jacksonville States of the world? Uh, last year or just in general? Uh, last year. Um, I would say um, – Outside of our our first game against them, Queens Queens gave us a couple of games. I think um, senior night. Uh, I think we kind of uh, I don't I don't know what kind of happened with that one. I remember that was the first time we played them at home, and they came in and, and, and knocked us off. And then um, even when we played them in the playoffs, they gave us a, a great test. That that first game was was a was a, 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 a that was a doozy. I'm not gonna lie. Just being a part of it and seeing how, like how hard they play. Um, I would say Queens gave us a, a lot of some challenges last year and they gave us some good games. Um, I'm trying to think of like games where it was, it was like, you know, cause I think in certain games um, last year, a, a lot of times it was, a lot of it was on us, um, but not, not to discredit anybody. I just think that we were, we, we had moments where we could, we could be, we had lulls, but um, I would say uh, EKU, they played us pretty, they beat us at their place. Um, it's definitely hard to go there and win. Um, so that was another game, another conference game that I think was was pretty interesting. Uh, but minus, like I said, minus, like you said, minus Liberty at Jacksonville State. I think uh, I think the conference is pretty uh, pretty there for Kennesaw's taking. I think this year. Um, I think with the returning production and everything around the conference, that'll make it a little bit more interesting. But um, as long as those guys do what they're supposed to do, um, as they've already been doing so far, I think they'll take care of business. Gotcha. So we're sitting at nine and five right now, and we were sitting at nine and five at this point last year heading into conference play. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that at, right now the the kind of mantra is title or bust the rest of the way? And is that how you guys felt at this point last season? Um, I think for us last year, um, uh, the, the we had a – we kind of knew – um like what our expectation was um I don't I don't think it was like you know title or bust but we all kind of bought into we're gonna do it this year it's gonna happen this year and um so with that we ended up you know we took that approach every game and just did our best to make it happen every night and I think that that showed in the end with the end result I think this year for them I don't think that it Man, I don't think that you should look title or bust. You know what I mean? Like as far as going into conference, man, I would just say take it. I think it should be, man, take it a game at a time, um, and one step at a time, and that's how everything's gonna fall into place. And I think that was the one thing that we were good at last year, just taking it a game at a time, and and just seeing, man, you know, every every night brings different challenges. Every game brings different challenges. You know, so you know you don't want to get caught in in overlooking. The prize, like looking too far ahead or looking at the prize and then fall asleep and, you know, you take a, a loss to, you know, maybe somebody that you shouldn't have took a loss to or just an untimely loss. You know, I think, you know, it comes down to the end where, you know, certain certain teams might be right there at you. And then it's just like, you know, you might slip up and have that loss. So I think uh, 
I think, yeah, I don't think it should be title or bust. I think uh, it should just be made one game at a time and one step closer. Yeah, so we had a, we had a listener ask this question pretty recently, and you might be a little biased, but I'm curious to hear what you have to say. Um, mm-hmm. Which team this year or this year um, has the higher ceiling? Um, I'm I'm not gonna uh, I'm not gonna be biased. I'm not gonna directly answer it either because uh, my answer probably would be biased. I don't want to discredit anybody, but um, one thing I will say though about that is, you know, the one thing that I've learned um, over time, I had a, a manager that used to tell me, man, the quickest way to kill something special is to compare it to something else. So. I don't I don't want to compare them to us or us to them. Like, I mean, I, I love what they are doing. I love what we did. Um, two great teams, probably two of the best teams in Kennesaw history, I think, so far. Um, and uh, I hope they can – I hope they go back to back and keep the streak going. Let's go get two of them. <laughs> I like that answer, actually. So That's a fair answer. That's a fair answer. I'm the king of non-answers, so that, that was a good <laughs> one. Though. I like that quote from the manager. <laughs> I got my deflections. Uh, I got my deflections going, man. <laughs> so I only got one more question for you. Um, mm-hmm. What do you think of Demond's change in play style, and do you think he's got a higher ceiling as a player um, than he did in previous years? Uh, man, I I I love seeing him um, be able to show people the other side of his game. Um, I think that he's had it, you know, um, there at times. Um, but he he wasn't all the way confident with it or confident enough to, you know, showcase it in games. So to me, it's fun because it's like, man, I've seen him do certain things. I've never seen him hit four threes in a row, I don't think, in a game. But uh, so uh, I think, man, just him being able to, you know, showcase what he can do, I think that definitely makes his ceiling that much more higher. I think his ceiling was already pretty high just based off of what he brings to um, Kennesaw and just what he brings in general. Um, so I think, yeah, I think he definitely has a higher ceiling now that he's been able to show like, Hey, I can do this and I'm, I'm capable of doing that as well. So, um, I'm just happy for him. I'm happy to see him doing the things that he's doing and I'm, I'm happy everything's working out for him. Yeah. And hopefully he can, you know, get back on the court for the game against Queens. I know he went down briefly the other day. Um, Mm -hmm. I just had a Quick final question, actually. Um, and okay. Alex, I don't know if you've been keeping up or not. So, you know, this mm-hmm. one, I might direct this one more towards Kai. And, you can, you know, feel free to chime in if you have anything. I actually had a, a listener, Kevin, ask me, I would love to hear playoff uh, co- or conference play predictions on the pod before it starts up this week. Who's winning the conference player and player of the year? What do you have, Kai? Uh, I'm going to say Kennesaw State wins the conference. Um, and to be honest, you know, uh, I might be a little biased as one of the hosts of this podcast and a student, but um, I think that I don't know if there's actually a line on it right now, but I think they're probably um, the odds on favorite to win the whole conference, just looking around um, the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Um, and then player of the year. Shoot, man. Give me give me Terrell Burden again. I know uh, Cozart um, is doing his thing at um Eastern Kentucky, but you know they're they're kind of down right now. I think they're four and eight hitting in the conference play. So if they don't get things rolling and you know they finish as like a five or a six seed, um, I think it's going to be tough to give it to uh, you know somebody that low in the standings. So um, that's my current prediction. I know, um, like Alex said, you don't want to go title or bust or you know say that that's kind of the expectation. But mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> yeah, I I would be disappointed if we don't make a run at it. That's for sure. 
And, you know, I have a completely different take on this. Um, I, you know, I was, I think I was title or bust until, you know, a couple of weeks ago. Cause I thought, you know, okay, the league looks, looks okay. Blah, blah, blah. Liberty's gone. You know, EKU's down title or bust, but, you know, just seeing how it plays that played out, um, you know, I, I think we're definitely like top three or four for sure. I mean, if not higher, but we have, you know, some really, you know, some good teams. Um, Lipscomb is what top, you know, 130-ish or so in the different rankings. And they don't even have their best player, Agnosevich. Um, Darren Boyd uh, stepped up, uh, increased his scoring. They're getting production elsewhere. They just beat Florida State. You have Stetson, who's playing well. Stefan Swanson Swenson is, you know, a, a good point guard, one of the best assist men in the conference besides Burden. And uh, Jalen Blackman is actually, you know, seven or eight points above, um, you know, Burden or above the next highest player in points per game. And, you know, when you're looking at player of the year, I mean, seeing such a discrepancy, you know, I see him dropping like 30 on Cincinnati and all that. If he keeps that up, um, I'd have to probably put him ahead of Burden. I hate saying that, but just those numbers are, are going to be pretty flashy. Assuming that Stetson can finish, you know, competitively in the top three, I would put Burden as probably my number two player of the year. I mean, good scoring, good assists, but, you know, Kai, I know you got something to add to that. Uh, yeah, it is worth mentioning that Blackman does uh, score a lot, but other than that, um, his numbers are, you know, nothing, nothing crazy. I mean, he puts up <laughs> a lot of points, which is, you know, going to stand out the most, obviously, but I'm looking at his line right now. I mean, he's averaging less than three rebounds, less than two assists, less than a steal a game. Um, he's a good shooter, um, but I don't know. I feel like Burden does more and is a, is a more complete player. I, I mean, I would probably agree with that. I, I'm just trying to think like perhaps maybe the commit, you know, the people that choose it might think, you know, give them, but yeah, I mean, you can't go wrong with either one of those guys. Uh, but, you know, the, it looks like the odds uh, to win the A-Sun here that uh, our social media guy, Tim, just put in the chat. Uh, you have uh, Lipscomb as the lead at plus 135, KSU at plus 400, which is second place. That's basically four to one. Plus 600 is FGCU, six to one. Stetson as well, six to one. UNA, eight to one. And EKU uh, is uh, 10 to one odds to win. So, um, you know, Lipscomb is the favorite right now, unfortunately. Um, I don't think personally UNA is going to play into that. I think they're just too small. They have some good guards like Jakari Lane and KJ Johnson. I just, you know, I don't think they have too much beyond that. Um, FGCU has, uh, they've been missing, um, Isaiah Thompson, who's been out for, you know, the last month or so they're going to be getting him back soon. And they just pulled off, uh, the upset of Florida Atlantic, which boosted them up in the rankings and giving them confidence. So I wouldn't, even though they just played that NEIA team really bad, I, I got to consider FGCU now, you know, in the hunt, um, and EKU, you know, I don't want to count them out. They only lost Cooper Robb, a strong point guard from last year. But if they can flip that switch, they have enough talent to, you know, make some noise and reset some things. FGCU is a weird one because they looked like they were dead in the water for a minute there. Um, they got a nice, like, momentum building win over against Georgia Southern. Maybe not nice. It was a pretty ugly game. It was a 42 <laughs> final score. Um, but yeah, the FAU win for them was huge. But also, you know, they were at home. I guess that's somewhat of a rivalry. And they got up and rose to the occasion. So I'm I'm still having a tough time buying major stock into FGCU right now. Yeah. Yeah. They're too they're very inconsistent. Go ahead, Alex. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. I, I was just saying, like, I would agree. I I I think um I think as far as Gulf Coast goes, um, 
just just knowing, um, you know, just seeing how everything has been with them in the conference over the years, I think, you know, they, they've always showed flashes of being able to um, do those things, uh, do what they're doing. Um, and it's, it's been up and down, like a lot of their seasons have been up and down, no disrespect to them or anything. Um, but I would just say the I think the the favorite two in the conference should be Kennesaw. Um, yeah, because we won it last like, year. We won it last year, and it's ours to lose as a way of looking at it. Uh, I wouldn't say ours to lose. I think, or you know, ours to win either. I think it's just that um, there's a lot of dudes on that team, and it's just a lot of things in the in the program that just screams, you know, championship DNA. Um, and That's I think true. that I think that when you've been there. Um, and when it's crunch time, you know, where other teams might splinter or, you know, certain things like that, I, I feel very confident in Kennesaw holding court and being like, okay, yeah, we've been here before. We're gonna handle this like this. I think they'll, be, I think they'll be be able. Not saying that any other team in the conference won't be able to take a hit and bounce back, um, but I, I, I know that Kennesaw is proven in that in that area. It's a very good point um, that winning DNA that we have, and it's probably unknown elsewhere. Um, EKU played in a minor tournament last year. I think maybe Stetson did. Stetson did. Stetson made a run. I think. I think they went to the Final Four in like the CIT or something. So yeah, and I, I when I was referring to earlier, I meant kind of like we have that defending champs moniker on us mm. still. That's what I mean by it's ours to lose. We're still known as the defending champs. I do. Um, I do agree with the odds makers on Lipscomb. Lipscomb um, has probably looked across the board the best in non-conference play. Uh, they gave Arkansas a real run like a week or two ago, and then they beat Florida State, who you know thirty pieced us. So um, they still got uh, that kid Will Pruitt, um, who had a couple of good games against us last year. Um, he's nice. And then, like you said, Ignacevich is still out, and he's expected to return. And he's you know an all-conference type of player. Um, so I would say Lipscomb's the team to beat. Stetson is confusing. They'll go, you know, beat UCF one night and then lose by 30 to a team from the Sun Belt the next. Um, so more than anything, I'm excited just to see a little bit more consistency and just understand these teams better when we get into conference play and the field is a little bit more level. Um, so, yeah. I think I think we have better depth than a lot of these teams. Um, I feel like a lot of teams in conference might only have, you know, maybe five, six, seven guys that they can, you know, put out there and rely on. Um, if that, you know, FGCU has Andre Weir, uh, if you remember Alex, he's their big man, um, yeah. J Chase Johnston, the Stetson transfer, they're both out for the year. So, mm -hmm. you know, other teams are still taking hits and I am hoping that, uh, Ignacevich just totally messes up Lipscomb's momentum and mm -hmm. they just can't you know, <laughs> figure out, you know, who, who to get the touches to and how to, you know, play off him as well. And I just hope right. you just go down with that, but EKU, man, I'm still, you know, they suck this year, but I'm I'm still, you know, I'm going to give it two more weeks to see if they can look anything close to turning that corner before I write them off because mm -hmm. you played them last year. I mean, I mean, I'm just a I'm just a blogger, a podcaster, Alex. But, you know, you saw EKU. Do they not have really good talent? Um, I think they definitely have. They definitely have talent. Um, But uh, I think. I think maybe with their dynamic this year may just be how well they come together as a team. You know what I mean? Um, I don't think I, I, I actually was paying attention last year after, um, um, after our tournament and everything, I seen that they made a, a really good run as well in their postseason tournament. I don't think that you make a run that well. Um, even if it is just a, a minor tournament, um, 
I don't think you make a run that well and then come back this year and and, and have the struggles that they're having for for no reason. Um, no disrespect or no shade. I'm just you know I just you know outside looking in, there's something deeper um, going on. I think um, so. Um, maybe they'll get it figured out. Maybe not. I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, but I think. I think they definitely have some really good talent. They really got they got some really good players. Some guys that I think uh, they do the job. And uh, Cozart definitely is one of those guys. I think uh, the uh, Moreno is is pretty good as well. Blaine. Um So I think I think um, once those guys uh, once they figure it out, they'll definitely uh, turn some heads for sure. But um, I think, like you said, that first week or two of conference. Is going to really dictate how how things play out. I think for them. Yeah, and yeah, I think if there is, I said they're going to need to uh, you know beat some of those mid tier A Sun teams. They're going to need to you know find a way to win Austin P. That's their second game. Um, fun one uh, to open the conference. They play Lipscomb, so um, we might get a better idea of where those two groups are. Um, but yeah. yeah, I think as of right now, the expectations for them is probably still like fifth or sixth in the conference. Um, you know, like you guys are saying, they're too talented not to hang it around, but you know, it's, it's clear things have not gone the way that they want them to go. Um, right. so. And, and they, could, they could be one of those teams that, you know, like I said, they could turn it on and flip that switch at any time. They just, you just need to be in it to win it. So, you know, they could figure out halfway through conference play and then they'd be, they could be that, you know, that seven or eight seed that you don't want to match up against in the first round. Cause you think, Oh yeah, I'm getting the, we're getting the good seed as the one or two seed. And then we end up playing EKU that's red hot. So, you know, it's going to depend on how everything goes. Yeah. I would also say too, I think the, the one thing that works into, I think with a lot of teams, you know, at this part of the year, um, if you look at the schedule, non-conference is always a lot more sporadic than conference. You know, you know, uh, you might play Monday and not play again until Saturday or something non-conference or however that works. But I know with, with conference, it's a lot more focused. It's a lot more, okay, this is what it is. We got them. We play, what, Thursday, Saturday uh, or Wednesday, Saturday. You get into so, a rhythm. Yeah, it's more of a, it's more of like a, a comfort level that you get into um, in conference. So I think that's also something that, help a lot of teams in uh and at this time of the year out and that may be what helps them i'm pretty sure that's also going to help the other teams in the conference as well so uh, like you said it's just it's up in the air okay let me ask you guys this um mm -hmm. so we're just let's just say ksu is going to finish first let's just let's just put ksu out of the equation um mm -hmm. who are you guys picking to finish second and third based on what you guys know um, I'm going Lipscomb and Stetson. I mean, that might be the boring answer. And I know Jacksonville had a fun little run in non-conference, um, but I'm going Lipscomb and Stetson. I think there's no way Lipscomb finishes outside of the top three. I'll say it over and over and over again. I think that they're, they're going to be the group to beat. Um, Florida Gulf Coast, I, I don't know, man. College basketball is weird, and the FAU win was a big win, but I'm still not ready to, you know, really, really buy into them. So, um, I will say, uh, dark horse is definitely UNA. I know they're six and eight or whatever it is. Yeah. But I think they lost like four by games and had some really, really close losses to, um, good mid and low major teams. Um, and they were like a nice little surprise last year. I think they finished like sixth, fit their sixth and then lost in the first round of the tournament. Um, so I think they're a dark horse. I don't, I think Austin P is still uh, too young, um, and inexperienced. I think same thing with UNF. I don't know a ton about them, but, um, we'll see what, uh, EKU becomes and, yeah, that's that's what I got. Yeah. 
Yeah, UNF is very well coached usually with Driscoll. They just, I don't think they usually bring in tons of talent. Uh, mm-hmm. But FGCU is an interesting situation. They usually recruit above their their weight because they're on the beach and they have the legacy of Dunk City and some pretty good facilities and nice area. So, you know, they're pulling in the like a half star to a star higher, you know, recruits than perhaps some of the other teams in the conference. So they have that going for them. But they also have, like we mentioned, guys out with injury, guys banged up, uh, that mm-hmm. kind of thing as well. Um, you know, UNA has Jakari Lane. Um, I originally, you know, Willie Watson, their former coach is our assistant coach now. So, you know, maybe uh, Coach Watson in the future can bring in some of those guys over at uh, UNA, uh, perhaps a year or two down the line. So that's also something to keep an eye on and watch as we play them. But uh, Alex, who's your uh, number two and number three? Um, I would say my number two uh, would definitely be Lipscomb. Um, I think if you look at, you know, just how they're playing without Agnasevich and just knowing the caliber of player he is, um, you know, playing playing against him and, and matching up with him, um, I would definitely give them the the number two nod um, easily. Um, I would say, um, I think as far as three, um, I think Stetson would be. Uh, I'm 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 going with Stetson um, just because I think that they're the way that they play, I think, uh, like, uh, I think last year we played them at their place. I think we won in like double overtime or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. but they, they got a, they got an aura about them as to where that they, I think they, they have a lot of potential. I think they have, you know, uh, with Blackman, I know, uh, he played pretty, he did, he had a pretty good year last year as well, but yeah, I think Swinston at the head, as the head of the snake kind of makes them, you can't really count them out. And, uh, just having a, a veteran point guard like that with the ability that he has, I'm going to take them third. Yeah. Him and Swenson and Burden are tied for assists at the top of the conference. I think like 6.4 a game or something like that. Uh, I'm going to have to agree with you guys, you know, Lipscomb and Stetson, it might be the easy answer, but I think that's the answer you know, right now with, you know, uh, you guys are higher, might be higher on UNA than I am, but, you know, I, I still can't shake that, you know, that EKU, like you said, in the CIT or whatnot, they made some ground. You know, I've seen what Blanton can do. Nice little one-on-one player. Moreno can get fire. Uh, they have a true post in Cozart. Um, Comer's not a bad guard. Leland, uh, what's the name? Leland Walker or something like that is a nice shooter. Butchery. I, I, I just, I just can't shake them, you know, you know, and you guys have heard me for weeks. I just can't shake it that they're going to be there somewhere at the end. Uh, mm-hmm. So we'll have to see if my instincts are right or not. I don't know if they're going to be at the bottom, but yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. Stetson and Lipscomb, I mean, EKU too, and they made their run. So I guess it's true, but Stetson and Lipscomb, um, you know, have a lot of guys who played together. Um, yeah. And so far they've looked the best. So um, that's who I'm going with, but EKU's got that experience too. Um, and they have, you know, postseason experience, like you guys said, um, so I, I agree. I'm not going to pick them to finish like ninth or 10th, but, um, I, I still see, you know, a fourth, fifth, sixth type yeah. of finish for them. And, you know, all it takes is getting into the tournament, you know, which not everybody does in our conference. So, um, who knows? Yeah. And I do want to ta- go ahead, Alex. I said, you just got to be there when the tournament starts. Yeah. And I do want to talk a little bit about, uh, Kennesaw state, um, and, you know, putting it all together, you know, we got better as a team in the Amir years. You know, we honestly, during most of the years, regardless of how good we are, we were kind of blah, you know, to kind of start the year. I don't, you know, getting started. And then we kind of picked it up a little bit and then let, you know, really peaked in conference. Um, we're going to have to do the same thing under Petway. 
Um, mm-hmm. If you look at Lipscomb, Stetson, FGCU, they all have, you know, their best win is better than our best win, uh, putting it that way. Like, you know, Charlotte, Florida State, um, and so forth. Um, but so we have to keep getting better. We can't just rest with where we are. Um, I thought, you know, with Liberty leaving, okay, you know what, maybe we'll just kind of, you know, float onto it. It's ours to lose, like you guys were saying or whatever. But you know what, I kind of don't, you know, I don't think that anymore. Lipscomb is too good. And any, you know, any of these teams we're talking about can beat any on the, on the wrong night, home or away. Um, So no matter how good, you know, we think we are, we don't want to get into that trap where, you know, like perhaps the Falcons got there after the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, where you think, oh, you know what? We're not losing anybody. We'll be right back here next year. Well, you know what? It doesn't work like that. Every team is different and we don't want to fall into that. Championship hangover. It's a real thing. So, yeah. Um, just looking at the schedule now, though. Um, I mean, there are some like tough, tough road games in the middle of the year where you're like, OK, well, we we might mess around and go lose that one, even though we're the better team. Um, you know, like we got to go on the road to play FGCU and Stetson. Um, I would probably predict, you know, a loss in at least one of those games, um, even though it's kind of a consensus here that we think we're going to be the best or at worst a top three team in the conference. Um, and then like you get at Queens to close out the year and uh, we'll see what we got in Queens coming up. But, you know, they gave us hell last year and they're, I think, a well-coached team who plays a lot of bye games. So their record is not going to be totally indicative of what they are. So, you know, a lot of trap games on the schedule. Absolutely. And, you know, a you can discount this or discount that, but you know, if you look at our worst loss, I mean, look, I saw it was either net or Ken Palm. If you looked up Florida uh, international, they're like 292 out of like 360 in one of the rankings. So, you know, and they kind of blitzed us. So, you know, and Queens is probably, you know, not much higher than that. So, you know, we, you know, we can't go in there just as a fan base or even, especially as a team thinking, oh, these guys are just Queens, you know, they're, you know, they suck or they're small. We we can't do that. Really the only team I'm looking at on that schedule where I'm kind of looking ahead at is like central Arkansas. You know, I just, they were just a disaster last year. They're not much better this year. That's uh, that is as close as you can get to penciling in a win on the schedule. Not saying that's going to happen. College basketball is weird, and you know, weird stuff happens every night. But um, Central Arkansas is the worst team in the conference. I feel yeah. pretty comfortable saying that. Yeah. And we're looking at these games like Oakwood or whatever. All those games, you know, we can kind of look ahead on those. But even the worst team in your conference can you know, stun you, especially on the road at any any time. And you know, Alex, what's kind of the difference for you? You know. I didn't you guys you guys blitzed Queens on the road last year, but you know, they took it to us at home. What you know, usually it's the opposite. Can you kind of talk a little bit about the home and away dynamics, the routines, what kind of goes into that? You know, perhaps shooting better on your home floor, or is it getting better sleep? Or what's you know, what goes into that? Um, I would say um as far as like, you know, the the with conference, I think, like I said earlier, you know, you get a little bit more comfortable, but the one thing that you don't really realize is it's hard to beat teams twice. I think that was that's shown with the, you know, the UNCA um dilemma. Um it's it's very hard to to beat teams twice, especially like, you know, say you beat you you get them at home the first time and you know you're at their place the second time. Um I would just say I think the 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 thing about the thing that makes it um I think the thing that makes it a little a little bit better or the, the preparation part of it that that takes you over the top in those types of games is the focus. Uh, you know, where's your mental? Like, are you, you know, what are you, what are you focused on today? What are you focused on? Like, as far as the game goes, you know, uh, scout details, uh, effort, 
um, energy, uh, consistency, intensity, things that you can control as a player. You know, you can't control whether, you know, hey, my shot's falling today. You know, it's like certain things you can't control. You can't control how the refs are calling a game. Those things you can't control. But I think the the biggest thing with those, you know, road games and, you know, back-to-backs or um, the tougher the tougher ends of the schedule is the um, is really just the, you know, the focus um, and controlling what you can control and not uh, getting caught up in the elements. And, you know, as far as you mentioned, control the things that you can control, something you can't control is the crowd. Um, mm-hmm. The A-Sun, you know, usually most places don't have killer crowds. Um, you know, how much of a difference does that make going perhaps to a Liberty or, you know, an FGCU where maybe they have more fans than some of the other schools? Does it really make that much of a difference if there's, you know, 20 or 30 guys yelling at you versus, you know, dead silence or, you know, playing in an empty arena like perhaps we did during the COVID year? I don't remember if you were there or not for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was there for that. Um, but I, I think, you know, just... um Man, the, the crowd, it, it, it's, it's an element that, you know, as a player or, you know, certain coaches are like, hey, man, you can't get caught up in that. It's an element of the game that you kind of, that, again, you can't control, but it's it's a big part of the game, whether you want to accept it or not. Um, whether there's, you know, it's a, pack, a packed house or it's just a few fans, um, I think once you once you find the right environment, at certain, certain times it can wake players up, you know what I'm saying? Like uh, it might be somebody in the crowd that's, you know, chirping at you a little bit harder than they are anybody else. And I'm like, okay, I got to wake up now, you know, or something like that. And I don't think that that's how it should work. You know, like, you know, you got to get kickstarted, but you know, that's just how, that's just the nature of the game. Sometimes, sometimes it's, it's hard to, you you can't, it's hard to come into every game. Like, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm here. I'm ready to go. You know, it's, 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 I think it's like uh, with the crowd, it, it gives you that extra element of, okay. Like, you know, we're on the road. We're really on the road with this game. You know, guys, I think I owe you guys an apology. Um, and Kai was there, but I think I might have woken UNC Asheville up <laughs> before the game, uh, chirping at their players. So uh, my my fault, guys. Um, but, you know, to my defense, they did it to Appalachian State a couple of days earlier, the exact same mm-hmm. thing. So, you know, maybe don't blame me. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think they're going to take it too hard on you. <laughs> yeah, what's done is done, right? Yeah. I think that's uh, that's pretty much it. I appreciate uh, you joining us, Alex. Um, and like I said, you're always welcome back. Just give us a DM or a text or anything. For sure. No, I appreciate you guys um, reaching out to uh, have me on again. And um, yeah, man, I enjoy it every time we get on. This is the second time we've uh, we've done it, and um, I, I enjoyed the first time, and I've enjoyed this time too. So fantastic. Yep. Thanks again from all of us, um, and we will continue on with the midweek. Woo, woo. All right, y'all take care now. See you guys uh, after the Queens game. I believe we'll have it for you uh, either Monday afternoon, Monday late night, or first thing Tuesday. Um, Aaron Anderson will actually be uh, attending the the Queens game, so he's going to have to travel back home. So we're going to try and hit up uh, him early on Monday morning to do the hashtag or to do the uh, podcast. And uh, don't forget, use the hashtags uh, HMFH for who. And uh, slash uh, hashtag hootie who and hashtag Kennesaw State. All right, everybody have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Owl Chat Podcast. As a reminder, you can follow our hosts on Twitter X at Kai Millette and at KSU Owl Howell. Make sure you're following our show account at Owl Chat Podcast and have notifications turned on so you're up to date on all new OCP episodes. 
Be sure to check out Kai's publication at BigOwlBlog.com and John's KSU message boards at KSUOwlHowl.com slash forum. Until we return, stay happy, stay healthy, and as always, Go Owl!